1: This week, we're going to explore Creator's perspective on human inner corruption. Uh, I understand that uh, Creator was quite vociferous on this particular topic, Carl.
2: Well, there's always a lot to say when it comes to the negativity we struggle with. That's the human dilemma, is it not? And (laughs) It turns out we're all corrupted. We're corrupted through our culture, first of all, and those around us who, in turn, are corrupted by forces of evil, directly or indirectly. It sounds a little hokey in these modern times, but look around you, you know, the signs of evil are everywhere. And we're talking about really being out of alignment, not being in divine alignment, where we stoop to lesser means to get things done or take out frustrations and others, that kind of thing. So there's problems big and small, you know, it's not all uh, life-changing, but it's all
1: important. Absolutely. You ask Creator, we think of inner corruption as being an impairment of moral principle, virtue, and values. Since it is assumed that no no being is created corrupt, or no soul is created corrupt, then inner corruption is somehow an acquired state of existence. Can Creator weigh in on this definition as well as address the concept of original sin in terms of our spiritual origins as beings?
2: All right, and this is what uh, Creator said in response to the question. Both the concepts of inner corruption in a broad sense, as well as the biblical notion of original sin, are provisional assessments, meaning they apply to people as a consequence of what has happened to them during the course of their soul journey since the time of their soul's creation. Much can happen to a being, including the many soul extensions that undertake varied experiences and journeys through many locales throughout the universe. This has happened through the eons. For most of you are old souls, meaning you've been around longer than the universe has been in existence in its current configuration. The soul can indeed be corrupted, in a sense, by being wounded. And so you can call it either term. But the representation refers to a kind of misalignment of some aspect of the soul's existence. This is because everything has consequences and as everything is interconnected, those parts of the soul experiencing things will feedback their energies and that feedback can be positive or negative with respect to the makeup, inner alignment and overall balance of positive and negative energies in the moment. Because the soul is vast, it is unlikely that anything befalling a soul extension, meaning a living person, can have a truly major impact that will alter the destiny of the soul in a large way, but only create a temporary impediment or liability. We would define the concept of original sin as the state of having been wounded by the onslaught of evil coming into the earth plane and interfering with humanity to a significant degree. And being a disparagement, a negative influence to lower the state of being and cause many disruptions and negative consequences that can grow in severity over time and lead to a long-lived state of imbalance that will keep people from progressing and compounding the injury with poor choices and a lack of wherewithal to recover in a timely way. Once significant inner corruption has occurred, it will likely carry over into future incarnations as well. This is because your lives are, in effect, a continuum that is simply punctuated by time-out periods while you're back home in the heavenly realm in between incarnations. But as soon as you return, You will resume your journey and the law of karma will be in play to bring around the energies of what you have launched previously from experiences both good and bad. So there may be blessings and rewards to enjoy courtesy of karma from acts of kindness of yours in the past. There will likely be a larger array of negative challenges and consequences owing to the negative karma you have created or added to through ignorance and neglect in prior lifetimes that will still be in play and will catch up to you and bring trouble your way to deal with. Karma creates this imperative for everyone eventually, all will have a day of reckoning and often many days of reckoning. What this means is that inner corruption is a very serious matter that deserves the highest of priorities in terms of one's time and energy being applied to useful endeavors. Recovering balance and a high-level functioning will have many rewards and will prevent many calamities.
1: Now, I thought it was a serious topic, and Creator says as much. Um, you know, it's interesting, Creator also seems to say that, you know, that Original sin isn't ours. It's actually the interlopers (laughs) that that introduced it to us, essentially, brought evil into the world, and that the original sin really is theirs. But we acquired it, you know, and then once we acquired it, of course, we have to deal with it.
2: Well, there you go. Everything is consequences, and everything matters. So, if you're ignorant and someone takes advantage of you, they're karmically in trouble because they have created a transgression that will have to be rebalanced. But if you're naive, innocent, ignorant, willfully in denial, or simply just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, you have put yourself in harm's way by coming here. And some of that consequence will be on your shoulders as well. Yep. So the state of ignorance is our biggest dilemma, and we need to get smart about where evil comes from. It all started with the dark spirits, and we're going to be touching on that as we go along. Absolutely.
1: Well, if you hang out in a rough neighborhood, you can expect trouble, I guess is the bottom line. <clears throat> you asked creator, while it is assumed no being is created in a state of corruption, clearly some beings or souls appear more susceptible to inner mental corruption than others. Because who and what we are as newly created consciousness at the birth of our souls is endowed and not chosen, it seems unfair that some would have greater vulnerability to corruption than others. Is there any truth to this supposition or are all equally vulnerable to inner corruption?
2: All right, and this is what Creator answered. We understand and appreciate that the feeling of unfairness about this is only natural. No one likes to feel they are ill-prepared or have been somehow cheated or passed over when the useful qualities and strengths were handed out, so to speak. This is the kind of simplistic human notion of how this all came about, but we can tell you the reality is much more intricate and awesome in its totality. What you are perceiving and describing as vulnerability to corruption is simply the downside of traits and characteristics that have positive value, and we would say much greater value than the inherent risk of corruption. The very description of becoming corrupted demonstrates clearly that even those more prone to such an eventuality have enjoyed a prior state of higher being and makeup in order to be corrupted in the first place. So this is in keeping with what we have been saying, that corruption is not, an innate characteristic or starting point for anyone. It can develop along the way due to the slings and arrows of life events. What makes some resilient and imperturbable and seen as a strength and a desirable way to be would not be appreciated by many souls who are of a gentler, more sensitive sort, as displayed with great artists and humanitarians and those prone to caring for and about others. The nurturers, who are the loving mothers among you, being a good example of what we're describing. This does not make them weak. It is simply the nature of energy that if you identify and empathize with the suffering of others, in a sense, you are aligning yourself with their energies in sympathy. And while this is natural and productive, because it will get the juices flowing and become a call to action for the nurturer, to step in and help someone who is injured or suffering, it may impart some risk as well. Those who have this orientation would likely never want to trade their great sensitivity for simply being tough, having a thick high so nothing much flusters them ever and they're a little bothered by the difficulties of others except perhaps in extreme circumstances when they eventually find it might be their duty to help in some way because others simply cannot. So we would say that the ability to be corrupted is not a failing and not a fault whatsoever. This, in a way, is making the victim in some way responsible for what happens, as though they could avoid the workings of evil if they were simply stronger and unbreakable. Most women want a loving husband who can be tender and caring and nurturing at times, and not simply a strong bodyguard to keep them safe who can handle anything and fight for them if need be. Every experience is a teacher, so we would say inner corruption and the sole characteristics of vulnerability giving rise to that possibility are not worth surrendering simply because inner corruption is a risk. What we would say is this situation points to the need to solve the problem of evil because then all are safe. And people will not have to keep their feelings in check and be on guard and keep some distance for the sake of safety from others because of the uncertainties of life when there might be ulterior motives of the people they deal with. That is no way to
1: live. You know, this is a deeply interesting, fascinating answer from Creator. Um, You know, I have expected the answer to be, oh, no, everybody's equally vulnerable, but that's not actually what Creator said here. Apparently, some souls actually do have some greater vulnerability, but there's trade-offs. You know, there's, there's positive aspects, and, um, and that's what has to be taken into consideration here. So this is an interesting answer.
2: Well, and this is why the universe is vast and filled with vast possibilities, and it's in the makeup of souls that this is exhibited in the most exquisite and eloquent fashion. There's all kinds of people, yeah, <laughs> and and it's wonderful that that is so, because you can enjoy vicariously the experiences of being a nurturer, even if it's really not your strong suit and not a big driver for you and a big um, role that you want to embrace and make your life mission.
1: You're talking but, about me, Carl. Sorry.
2: <laughs> well, but yeah, I mean there are warriors. There are people who wanna be rough and tough and and hold forth and and take charge and and we need those kind of folks too. I hope so. <laughs> and that's the genius of Creator's plan. Indeed. That it's- there's such variety and it's all good. It all has value. And the the problem only starts when it is corrupted to backfire and be a liability because it's exploited.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You asked Creator, one of the hallmark traits of the corrupted soul is the enigmatic belief in their entitlement that Creator or the universe or the the poor soul they are manipulating owes them something, if only as a proxy to the truly responsible party causing them harm. Can Creator comment on where in Hades they got this idea? Alright,
2: and this is what Creator tells us. One way to think of this seeming inconsistency, that being faulty, inadequate, suffering and dependent on others perhaps is not their fault but someone else's, is the extent to which this is a logical perspective, given that the people in this quandary are not truly choosing it for themselves, it is being done to them through manipulations of many kinds by the interlopers, directly or indirectly. Much of humanity is corrupted to act in dark ways, to pit people against one another as warring factions. This is why so much of life is set up as a contest where you compete against your peers in a classroom for grades given by an authoritarian teacher who may well be your nemesis if they take a dislike to you and hold you up to ridicule and humiliation in front of your peers to make you a scapegoat. Deep inside, all realize they are being treated unfairly. That's where this feeling comes from, of entitlement, in a sense that something beyond the self is to blame for their dilemma. There is a basic truth here in most cases. The people are not seeing the whole picture and are clueless about cause and effect. They only see an end product of a series of manipulations and the consequences of many blind spots in thinking and awareness, and a faulty culture that rewards people at the top of the expense of others who are in a lower part of the hierarchy. When everything in life is set up as a contest, there have to be as many losers as winners. And with so many contests ongoing and all activities one engages with, there will always be many situations where you are a loser and someone else the winner, even if you excel in one arena. To be sure, there are many selfish individuals who are essentially on a spectrum of narcissism And their self-involvement and lack of sensitivity for others will often make them demanding and judgmental, quick to criticize others and view themselves as superior and deserving of special consideration, and so will expect to be given special treatment and will be triggered when they don't get it and may well fly into an extreme rage and even become dangerous at the extreme." Very, very few people have any clear insight at all about the origins of their own thoughts and feelings, and they will almost certainly be blind to the deeper layers and deeper levels contributing to inner conflict that will make life very complicated and difficult much of the time.
1: Boy, Boy isn't that the truth. Very, very few people have any clear insight at all about the origins of their own thoughts and feelings, but. <laughs> I, that's a powerful statement, and that it's absolutely true, I'm sure.
2: Well, I mean, it's mechanistically set up by the interlopers to be that way, because we're yes. disconnected from the divine. We can't talk back and forth to God, most of us. I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate I can do that, but that's a gift, and few possess that in today's world. That's a corruption. It's supposed to be that way. And we're supposed to know all the levels of our own mind, and we right. don't even have that capability. That's been
1: denied us. Yes, yes. That's a an interesting answer for sure. Um, oh, I just had a thought, and I just, my mind just went uh, went blank on me here. So I switch.
2: Well, you see this reflected in human behavior all day long, you know, when people have their moods. yes. And their good nature comes and goes. <laughs> and their right. their tolerance of you may come oh, and go oh. and be stretched, you know, unexpectedly over the limit of some sort. And then you get a backlash and all of that touchiness is the people are on edge and they're fighting an inner battle that's yeah. raging down in the deep subconscious.
1: Well, I, I, know, and, what I, gonna, <laughs> I know what I was going to I'm sorry. And that's say.
2: corruption in action.
1: Yeah. I, I know. I think my uh, mental Blank was a corruption too, but <laughs> uh, the, the what I was going to say was that, that sense of entitlement—that's what the question kind of surrounded—and uh, creators really emphasizing that. Well, the entitlement actually has some merit, <laughs> you know. That uh, it's not—it's something that's happening to you from outside. It's not something you you know initiated yourself per se or, or, or asked for, you know. Um, and so that feeling actually has some basis in reality.
2: You know. yes, yes, and even
1: the people who
2: seem hopelessly inept and constantly complaining and endlessly suffering and no help seems to take and they just can't get out of their dilemma, there's a reason they're in that spot. You can't see it, and neither can they, but it's real. Even people who are diagnosably insane, at some level... Have rational thought going on, and it can't be expressed. And th- they're in their dilemma because of corruption. Yes. so this 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 is something that really is imposed on us, but yet it's still our responsibility to cope with and to repair. And so that's what we're all about here to give you the tools to and make one it of those
1: and the most important tool is the light worker healing protocol. Download our ebook that describes it, describes the training, and describes the services that are available. You can get that at getwisdom.com/slash LHP. And we'll be right back with more on human intercorruption right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our
0: timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. back
1: to the second segment of this week's get Wisdom, we are talking about creator's perspective on human inner corruption. Uh, something that, uh, you know, we all have to deal with. Some of us perhaps more than others. <laughs> I don't want to guess how much I have to deal with, Carl.
2: Well, I'm not going to go there, so you're,
1: <laughs> you're leaving yourself wide open, buddy,
2: but I, I, I'll, I'll skip the temptation. That, could, skip take,
1: the temptation. Well, that could take well, the
2: rest of the show maybe, I don't know, but... Uh,
1: <laughs> That's we all have, you,
2: well you know <laughs> we love each other but you know we rub each other the wrong way many times you know i'm just speaking generally not you and i personally but that's right this is the problem of being human we bump into each other and and there's a lot behind that a lot of old wounds and we don't see them because they're hidden from us but they're down in the warp and woof yes and and, and the The saving grace here is that we can actually talk to Creator now and get deeper insights about all that's going on and find solutions for the dilemma. And there's things we're bringing forward that are new to the planet. They've never been fully understood or appreciated like today. So this this is quite remarkable. And I'm not sure people really appreciate that's what this is all about, but I'm just saying it just for the record.
1: Well, you I be agree with judge. You. And uh, I, I think that over time, that understanding will blossom and grow, so I'm quite confident on that one. U.S. creator: a seeming belief that the, corrupted pos- the seeming belief that the corrupted possess is the idea that their suffering is somehow license or currency that excuses their abuse of others. The flaw in their thinking is that in the real world, currency has universal value to everyone. But no one wants someone else's suffering and trade for anything. Where does this completely illogical notion come from? All right, and creator answers,
2: this is simply a behavioral pattern exhibited by the victims among you who are rendered needy because their wounding takes away the feelings of love and nurturing, all hunger for and need in order to feel satisfied and complete. This is a depiction of the reality of the truism, no person is an island. All need someone else at times to share their lives, to commiserate, to be a sounding board, to be a compatriot, to share strength through comforting and bestowing protection as through friendship and forming an alliance of support and so on. So it is natural when feeling victimized to look for a source of support elsewhere. Because the suffering is uppermost in the person's mind, that is what they may lead with in terms of an exchange with those around them to complain about their day, complain about their difficulties and current circumstances, hoping to arouse sympathy so others will volunteer to give something of themselves. So people will be inclined to reach out to others to help them pick up the pieces and put their life back together. This does create a burden in many instances But the intentions are not selfish, per se, as they are genuine need in most cases.
1: Uh, Well, I would agree that, you know, a lot of people are having difficulty and it makes sense to, to reach out for sympathy. I suppose one of the disconnects is this tendency for a lot of people to think that their suffering is somehow greater than everybody else's. You know, it's not easy to see somebody else's suffering. You know, it's unless you've actually put it on display. Uh, yes. A lot of people, you know, keep their suffering, you know, hidden deep inside. So um, and when we see it on display, you know, we have a tendency to <laughs> look at it disapprovingly as well.
2: Well, and there's the burden on us to be more divine in our thinking. That when you've got someone before you who's kind of, you know, like a, a really a mess, and maybe shamelessly exploiting their helplessness to manipulate people. You don't have to buy into it, but there's something seriously wrong. And that person is just as deserving of your love and compassion as anyone else who might be more stoic and uncomplaining, but still suffering. So we need to look beyond the surface always in in being aware we're dealing with Others who are children of God, just like us, and yes. deserving of support and love, no matter what, because if they can be healed and raised up, that's just a temporary dilemma and difficulty. It doesn't define who they are on a soul level.
1: That's true, but but I think it also can be a trap, though. You know that uh, people can get awfully good at displaying sympathy, and as a result, receive quite a bit in return for that. And that can become kind of a slippery slope in its own right.
2: Yeah, well, people come, become addicted to their suffering. Uh, that, that is true. But that, that also is a healing need. They yes. need help with Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a the choice. They don't get up and plan their day around it. It, it happens to them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. You yes, ask, Creator, another false belief of many corrupted souls is that they are already damned and irredeemable. They appear to honestly believe they have no future or a desirable future in any sense. So their motto seems to become, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. They seem to believe that one can only become damned once. And have, and having crossed that threshold, they have nothing more to lose and may find it oddly liberating. Can creator comment on whether this is not only wrong, but, tragi- but a tragically foolhardy notion? All
2: right, creator says... You are not exaggerating the potential consequences of this line of thinking. It is a quite devastating course to follow, that when you've fallen behind, you surrender to the circumstance of falling short and stop trying. This indeed condemns you to a worsened condition over time. Life is not meant to be easy when in the physical. It requires constant care and feeding and an input of personal energy and resolve in order to get somewhere or even to maintain the status quo. There is a higher purpose in the challenge. It is a seasoning and a strengthening that it instills of necessity that teaches about many soul attributes and consequences. There are many virtues displayed that go into becoming strong, independent and successful in taking charge of one's life making things happen, and bringing about successful advancement in terms of personal learning and growth and avoiding many pitfalls that are there to waylay you and draw you into dead ends and possible destruction. There are many ways people become corrupted, and this requires great vigilance as well as a keen awareness of the possibilities so one can be at the ready and have one's guard up. This alone will avoid many pitfalls because you will have a state of vigilance to see when risks appear that could start you on a downward path. And if you can sidestep those pitfalls, life becomes, if not effortless, much less exhausting because you will not spend so much time scrambling to recover from a misstep that has set you back significantly in your progress. The art of living is in learning to overcome mistakes. And to develop not only smarter thinking, but higher awareness of what it feels like to be in divine alignment and enjoy the rewards it will bring and making your life enjoyable and rewarding, less stressful, as well as being successful without
1: monumental effort and taking inordinate risks to achieve it. You know, I've always found this an interesting thing to think about, you know, is Is this whole notion of being damned. And Creator has made it, you know, very clear that no being is in that state. Even the interlopers, there's a way back. You know, being damned is a choice, and it's not something that uh, is forever, you know, uh, unless you choose it to be, essentially. So anybody thinking that they're damned is wrong. They're they're just mistaken. And uh, that's one of the big messages I think we're trying to get out with Get Wisdom.
2: Yes, and Creator has told us many times that we're more likely to be condemned by ourselves than by someone else or institutions. It happens all the time when people grow to hate themselves because they might be disliked by others or embarrassed or humiliated or simply kind of lose out on life. They get pushed aside They get shut out. They don't get a good job. They don't get promotions. They don't get a job they can hold on to. They get fired. And and they get shunned eventually by others around them. And if they get deep enough in poverty and become homeless, then it just gets harder. They have a hard time just keeping up personal hygiene. So they smell bad. They look awful. They're Clothes are disheveled and dirty and raggedy, and, and and it just goes on a downward spiral they can't get out of. And it all starts many times with a person turning against themselves. And it's a given because of the way things work in our relationship with the divine. If you turn against yourself and condemn yourself through self-judgment, God can't override that. Why? It's not because God doesn't have the power. It's that God gave you the power to be in charge of your life. So as the king or queen or whatever of your world, if you decree, I'm lousy, I'm a loser, I'm condemned, I'm damned, so shall it be. And God has to stand aside and watch what happens. So... You need to break out and there's ways to ask for divine help to break that cycle. That's probably the most important message we could ever
1: tell you because there's so many people in that dilemma. Absolutely. I do have to say though, Carl, I'm glad that, uh, smell of vision is not part of get wisdom because, <laughs> okay, well, I was afraid I, you might be talking to my wife this morning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, this is a serious topic. And, uh, for sure, it, um, it's very important that people understand that there's help for any dilemma that that, that they have and that that help is, is very easy to acquire, it's very easy to get.
2: Well, I see this very graphically working with people to help them with healing because they're on a spectrum. There are some who just seem terribly tormented that to me seem to have small issues and problems, but they're excruciatingly painful for those individuals. And then I have people at the other end of the spectrum who are virtually homeless, some of them are mentally disturbed, and I work around that, I don't interfere with medical care whatsoever, it's not my place, I don't diagnose, I don't treat in that sense, I request divine help for them, but when people are delusional, that is a tough road back. Because they'll end up alienating everyone around them, and and then they really, really suffer. It's tragic. It is truly tragic. But it starts from an earlier time point when they crossed a certain line and they can't get back now. And this is why it's important to do an intervention for yourself as well as your loved ones. Get the dark menace out of your energy field and get back in divine alignment through some healing on a deep
1: level, and some prayer work. Absolutely. And prayer work that you can do yourself, but you can also ask of others. And there's ways to do that as well. You ask, Creator, is this notion of being somehow liberated by being damned an idea the fallen angelics have embraced?
2: All right, this is interesting. Creator says, the perspective of being damned, so why try, is the acceptance of defeat, to give in and give up. This is a faulty choice and also faulty logic. What will inevitably happen along the way is that as things worsen and the pain and suffering of the deprivation grow, this will renew inner motivation to seek a solution after all. And that, of course, will be much harder to attain. Given that one has sunk down so much further, there is a lot more required of you in order to recover. Nonetheless, there are many, many stories of recovery after people have truly hit rock bottom, so to speak, sometimes after losing almost everything of value to them in terms of family, friends, career, having a roof over their heads, and even physical health, and have given in perhaps to alcohol or drug use to cope with the dilemma and become trapped in the addiction. So this illustrates that being doomed is, after all, a perspective. It might have an objective basis that is quantifiable and quite real in a material sense, but that belies the power of the divine to change things for the better, given enough inner wherewithal to reach out for divine rescue. We have helped many who felt they were beyond the pale to find their way back to productive lives and even tremendous successful achievements despite the seeming odds to the contrary making it impossible. Therein lies the folly and giving in to the perspective of being doomed. You are sealing your fate yourself, and this is never an inevitability. There's always a path back to divine alignment. The very idea of surrender to depravity is indeed a common ploy and encouragement of the fallen, the dark angelic spirit cohort or who are the source of evil to begin with, and they themselves have undergone this path. They have truly lost their way and often feel hopeless themselves. They delight in encouraging that belief among their victims when they attach to human beings. They work to stir the pot and create the great inner conflict to cause negative emotion, fear, hatred and so on with a cynical desire to siphon that away for themselves, to exist on and exploit. Beings parasites, they thrive on that energy. This is the closest thing to a good time a dark spirit can experience, being in the energy of one who is feeling worse than they do and hanging by a thread. Having to scrounge for energy by disrupting the lives of others and tormenting them represents a sad circumstance when all they have to enjoy is causing harm to others as a way of feeling a sense of accomplishment and a kind of temporary inner security that, that they may well get by for a time now that they'd stirred up a hornet's nest for someone else to struggle with. They can exploit themselves personally as a source of life-giving energy.
1: Boy, that last section there really tells the tale. You know, I've always wondered about, you know, what do dark, what do demons do for entertainment? You know, what do they what 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 do they find enjoyable? And they don't find anything enjoyable except causing other other beings harm. Uh, that's it, a catch-22 because that's also how they derive their energy to survive. So there's an incentive there. And I can imagine it's quite the tough sell because uh, we do spirit rescues even for demons. You know, we, we've seen examples of that in, in this work. And um, I imagine one of the toughest tasks there is for an angel approaching a, a dark fallen angelic is, is selling them on the idea that you are redeemable. That, you know, it's probably a tough one to get them to believe.
2: Well, the irony in all this is we were created as physical beings to rescue the dark angelic spirits who are lost and preying on the living. That is our charter. It's not simple. We need divine help to do it, and that's the test of us. Can we stay
1: in divine alignment and get divine help that's needed? Well, you can check out how to get some of that help with GetWisdom.com. Sign on as a participant member. It's eternally free, and you're going to be getting access to, I don't know, good eighty-five to ninety percent of our content. Um, we have hours and hours, hundreds of hours of content. Uh, we have a Get Wisdom database where there's what four thousand questions and answers now, Carl, and growing. Yes, <laughs> quite the repository. And all these questions and answers that are in the radio show end up in the database. And sometimes, as I mentioned at the top of this show, creator can be quite vociferous and bring forth quite a bit of content. Not all of it can make it into the show, but it does make it into the database. So be sure to check it out there. And we'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this.
0: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa,
2: play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn.
0: Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are talking about creator's perspective on human inner corruption. And uh, it is quite a perspective. There's a lot to unfold here, Carl.
2: Well, this is an interesting journey, is it not? Learning about the art of living and we've got the best teacher we could have. This is quite
1: a blessing. Absolutely. And uh, we'll get right back to it. How much of life's troubles and traumas stem from the karmic legacy and baggage that every human carries? That's the question for Creator.
2: Right, and Creator tells us, most physical illness is caused by negative karma. In fact, 94% of the time one has a physical malady, it is because karma is rearing its head and stirring up trouble within the body. This may well involve altered gene expression and other states of being in terms of alteration from the norm of physiological regulation of key systems making people vulnerable. This is what creates the assumption by medical researchers that illness is strictly a physical phenomenon. A state of disarray, often for obscure reasons, but with hopes it will all be traced to difficulties with the genome and its expression, because that is what science can see. But that is only in and of itself the way in which karma, in part, can be expressed within the being. Karma passes down through the lineage, but is more the lineage of individuals themselves than their forebears who are simply providing the gametes to fertilize and initiate the production of the embryo to which the soul of a new arrival will attach. The karmic history of that individual soul will be the greatest factor in many aspects of great importance for the life itself. Even though some of the superficial characteristics, like the appearance, stature, racial makeup, and so on, may be visibly donated by the parental genome combination. What truly makes the individual is their true independent soul existence and expression. It is always evolving and learning from each new experience taken on through all that it surveys, and the learning from the many soul extensions that have launched into the universe to experience new opportunities and feedback that knowledge to add maturity and a gaining of wisdom while refining soul characteristics towards greater enhancement
1: and a loftier expression. You know, I've always thought that, you know, human beings were much, much more than the physical body. And, And while there is something to be said about you know it's looking into the genome and studying dna for clues about uh, the the individual that's that's we're talking about you know that's that's really like a car you know and where the car goes and how it drives whether it goes fast or slow is going to be based on the driver you know you can you can put a timid driver into a fast car and they're not going to drive that car fast you know so you can look at the car and say, that's a fast car, and just assume that's it's going to go fast, but that's not necessarily true, because that's not the defining characteristic.
2: Well, and I think this, this illuminates why families are so varied, even though they have so much in common. Yeah. And children don't always act like their parents, or like their parents want them to. Yeah. And much of it is, they're a different person altogether, I with think a that's, different history,
1: they're not little clones of mommy and daddy, right? I think that's really on display when you look at identical twins. You know, a lot of people have done studies on identical twins, and they're not identical. They can be similar, but they're not identical, not in any sense. And sometimes they can be radically different. Yes. You asked, creator for the typical human being. Oops. For the typical human being with a typical spread of seven spirit attachments, one for each major chakra. How much of life's troubles and traumas stem from these spirit attachments versus the karmic legacy?
2: All right, and Creator informs us, the consequences of spirit attachment, on the other hand, can be both physical and emotional, but more the latter than the former. Most of the emotional conflicts within a person arise from the bullying going on within the deep subconscious by spirit meddlers as well as manipulation by extraterrestrial psychics to instill fear and ramp up inappropriate inner convictions and beliefs that will ultimately get the person into trouble by putting them at odds with others, which is the intention. People only have so much they can cope with before they become overextended, and that can well lead to an emotional and physical breakdown as well. Severe mental illness is caused in many instances more than half by spirit meddler attachments. And in terms of the most serious disorders like the psychoses, these are entirely a product of spirit manipulation to cause a state of disorder and thinking and a delusional cycle of misperception that will be repeated again and again and often elaborated on with a worsening over time if relief is not obtained in some way or suppressed with medication. There are many ways spirits can manipulate nerves within the body, and so there can be many bodily responses, odd symptoms. And this is often the cause when there are inexplicable sensations that do not fit a diagnostic pattern of a chronic illness that is well understood and described by medicine. This includes many aches and pains. Nervous gestures, things like tics, stuttering, inexplicable flushes of emotion and exaggerated cardiovascular responses leading to palpitations, high blood pressure, accelerated heart rate as in a stress reaction but seem to have a life and origin of their own inexplicably. This can extend to fainting spells and even epilepsy in some cases. The consequences of all this is that mainstream medicine is still in ignorance about the true causes of most human maladies and disturbances within the
1: mind and body. You know, Carl, your, your very life I think, is an example of the disconnect that science is experiencing right now because you spent most of your career working in the drug industry and studying DNA you know, and studying virology and, and all this thing. And, uh, and here we find out that 94% of our physical problems are essentially karmic, which has essentially, can be maybe be, could be reflected within the DNA to some extent, but not really. And then the emotional problems, which a lot of geneticists are trying to unravel from, through DNA, are really a result of spirit attachments. And, and there can't be hardly any strong relations or corollary there.
2: Yes. Well, science is very limited in what it can do. It's not unimportant. No, I'm not and it's saying a tool. that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, well, I, I just want to make people clear. No, I agree. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm not here to denigrate it and, and dismiss it. But there's a lot that it misses. And it needs to be enhanced further. And one of the ways you can enhance your own welfare is get spiritual help, divine help. It can make all the difference. And it will also end up enlightening science greatly. We're already starting that with our work. So that's what I'm looking forward to, a a real partnership with a renewed acceptance of a role for God and things that science wants to deny right now. It's very unfortunate. Yeah, we we don't want to exclude
1: science. We want to include it. You know, that's really the bottom line. You ask Creator, can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol are the answer to human inner corruption? Can Creator also comment how belief replacement will also be necessary for many souls saddled with deep inner corruption to truly find the path back to the divine?
2: All right, Creator tells us,
1: the world has suffered greatly
2: throughout history with few good answers of a lasting nature. Modern medicine is a very crude approach at best and often done completely in the dark, lacking any true understanding of even the physiological, biochemical, and genetic interplay within the body giving rise to a chronic disorder. While endeavoring to unravel these details has led to many novel therapeutic approaches, they are still looking at the end game and not at the origins. With the evolution of people of greater spiritual awareness given an opportunity to exercise their intuitive gifts with an outreach to us directly through channeling, we can, for the first time, help to fill in the details about what is truly needed to help restore people to normal functioning, given the very deep and sustained nature of the insults underlying most suffering." Things are much more complicated and multifaceted than appreciated at present. This deep healing, in fact, can only be done by the divine realm and not by human hands. It is beyond your human understanding. This is why a divine partnership is critical to obtaining divine help for serious life issues because they will likely be serious karmic dilemmas of long-standing and spanning multiple lifetimes. There may be serious encroachment by spirit meddler attachments causing tremendous inner conflict through ongoing bullying and a stirring up of many karmic dilemmas to worsen things and perturb the physical body as well, directly and indirectly, through triggering awareness of karmic struggle, but also manipulating body energy to perturb organ function and wreak havoc with the mind and feelings. This is what the divine healing protocol is designed to do. Through a scholarly probing of all the sources of evil and their influence to create a reckoning of what can go wrong, as well as gaining insight about how the divine realm heals, this allowed constructing a detailed series of steps within the Lightworker Healing Protocol to summon divine assistance for every type of negativity that can undermine a human being, as well as the interlopers wreaking havoc on you and your world. All need divine assistance to solve this dilemma. We cannot heal the victims alone if the perpetrators will keep attacking them. That is a treadmill that keeps adding as much negative karma as healing is applied. It is the perpetrators who need to be healed with the highest of priorities Once that's done and they are encouraged to withdraw, there will be room to breathe and humans can work to heal completely once and for all and for all of time. This is now possible to achieve and it is coming none too soon because the interlopers have designs on your world and are looking forward to ending your existence because they are tired of playing games with you finally. So they seek to withdraw, but want to eliminate you as a parting shot. Through the Lightworker Healing Protocol, you can encourage the former without being subjected to the latter. You will have a glorious future and will be done with the limitations of the physical plane for all of time, and a much more joyous and empowered existence throughout all the galaxy as your playground, if you heed our warning and take action. It is for you to decide your fate, because we have bestowed that power to you through your free will to act,
1: or not, as you choose. You know, one of the things that the interlopers do is they manipulate our emotions. And their desire to annihilate humanity is their emotion. And because they have the ability to manipulate our emotion, well, guess what? The divine realm does indeed have the ability to manipulate their emotions also. But we've been told the divine will not intervene on human in, on behalf of humans without a request. You have to ask for this assistance. And that's what the Lightworker Healing Protocol is all about, Carl. Well, God's
2: thumb is on the scale a bit here. You know, let's not make this too bleak. In other words, we're getting divine help yes. through through Get Wisdom. That's and it's coming in not not a moment too soon <laughs> but but it's it's partly the fact that things are so loaded against us because we're corrupted to disbelieve in god we're corrupted to disbelieve in extraterrestrials we're just we're corrupted to disbelieve in dark spirits things like that all of which works against us and makes it hard for the divine to correct those dilemmas when we don't believe it's the problem, we don't think there's anything to it. We don't think it's hurting us. And and so that limits what the divine can do. So we need to awaken more people to these realities. And so the healing can spread to others
1: more widely. That's going to turn the tide. Well, check us out. LHP. We are out of time, Carl. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today.